0: Welcome to episode 28 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and I'm joined today by my co-owner and friend, Katie Chastain. Today, in light of the upcoming new Fifty Shades of Grey novel, which we both have opinions on. Uh, we are going to talk about our own literary guilty pleasures and what we're reading right now. Before we get started, though, I do have a request. If you are an avid listener or a friend of the store or podcast, um, we would love your support. The bookshelf is competing for a Mission Main Street grant put on by Chase Bank. It's $100,000 that we could use to beautify the store, to increase staffing maybe even pay off some of those pesky business loans. Um, So if you are interested in supporting our shop, even if you're far away, we would love your help. Um, We will put a link in the show notes to how you can vote for us. We need 250 votes before, I believe, June 19th. So we would love if you would click on over. It's a simple voting process. Um, You, I do think, need an either an email address or a Facebook account. Um, but any and all votes will really help us, um, get toward the next goal. So, uh, thank you so much for your continued support of the store and of this podcast. And I do hope if you get a chance, you will click on over through the link in the show notes. All right, Katie, let's get started. Okay, so let's talk about Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: (laughs) Okay, so full disclosure, I am the worst person to talk to about Fifty Shades of Grey. Good, me too. (laughs) Um, If you mean, like, I haven't read it, (laughs)
0: um, I do have opinions on it.
1: Well, yeah, so I haven't read it, and then it was funny when you asked me to to talk about guilty pleasure reads, the whole topic, it's funny, um... I just, I'm not a guilty pleasure well, you're reader. You're just too intelligent for guilty pleasures. No, you, you know, I think I'm too prude or like, maybe it's because I'm a slow reader. And so I feel like if I'm going to read something, yeah. it needs to be worthwhile. Yeah. But okay. So Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a big question. Um, when it first came out, it was before you were in the bookstore. And, yeah. And I was there and it was this dilemma of, do we sell a book that is one, you know, a pretty trashy book, right. but also just not a well written book. Right. Um, and this is just from me reading two paragraphs in the right. book and seeing, you know, it's not a well written book, but it's selling like crazy and yeah. um, soon became our bet bread and butter yeah <laughs> you know
0: so. well, I know I look so I was not here for that like you okay. said and so I th- so the new one was announced that it was coming out like June 18th I think and so I thought do I really have to order that and like the minimum order was 24 books and I was right like okay well that would be a lot of books for our little bookstore so I went back I was like well I'll just see how many copies of 50 shades of gray we've sold it was 150 <laughs> which for this store is huge like, yeah that might even I don't know but that could be like one of the best it was books definitely here. competed with the Twilight series. Okay, so <laughs> which yeah, I think is what it wasn't. It fan fiction based on Twilight, right? Yeah, grew
1: it out of yeah. a Twilight, which I <laughs> have so
0: many issues, <laughs> so many issues with. But um, I feel like I mean we keep a couple copies on hand because people still buy it, especially when the movies came out. The movie came out, um, but what I have been astonished by is. So for a little perspective, Harper Lee's book, which we've talked about on the podcast, is coming out in July, uh-huh. um, and we've taken pre-orders, and we actually have several, I think we have 30-something pre-orders, which is great for us. And I put, um, I did wind up ordering the new gray, um, ordering 24 copies, and we're doing pre-orders, but we haven't gotten very many, So no, which I don't think is a big deal. But I had to sign an affidavit about selling the Fifty Shades book and I have not had to sign a thing for Harper Lee's book which I just think is (laughs) astonishing like I don't understand that I've had to sign my life away to you know to keep the Fifty Shades book under wraps but the Harper Lee book which people have been waiting for for you know 60 years (laughs) or whatever it is it's just funny to me. Don't sign
1: anything. Yeah not a thing. Yeah um, yeah, and I mean, I remember keeping them hidden because I was embarrassed that I needed to have a stack of 40, 50 yeah. shades of gray books, you know, in stock. And yeah, so I'd I can't like do keep a display them under with a bl- them. Yeah, so I'd keep <laughs> them under a blanket behind People would be, have to come ask for them, which then they're embarrassed to ask right. for them. But so what are you saying? What kind of clientele is reading it? And, and why do you think people are reading it? Why did this catch on so fast? So...
0: I don't understand it. Now I've had friends who have read it, um, and I joke that the bookshelf—I well, I hopefully don't joke about it—but I do say like the bookshelf is a judgment-free zone. Like uh-huh. we're not going to judge you for what you what books you're reading right now. Um, but Fifty Shades is one of those books. Now it's mostly women uh-huh. who read it, but otherwise the ages and demographics of females who read this book run the gamut. Yeah. Um, which is also interesting. Like it's not a certain section of the population. Um, but you know, and I've got a few people who I think are a little bit ashamed about reading it. Like uh-huh. we joke that we know a person is looking for that book when they come up with their whisper. Like, do you sell 50, sh-? you know, like uh-huh. they tone it down a little. Or I had, I had a woman who wanted it, but her daughter came and picked it up and we wrapped it in brown paper for her. Um, so there's a certain shame to it, I think, which uh-huh. is, you know, a certain guilt, I guess. But then there are other people who are unashamed, like, Hey, are you going to get that book because? because that's one of the only things they might read or right. I don't know. So it's hard to pass judgment, but I am prone to judgment. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would think I was telling you, or maybe our new bookseller here, Jordan and I started watching this new, well, I guess it's been out a couple of years, this um, Netflix show called The Fall. Um, it's fairly graphic, I guess, but it's about a serial killer. And th- the moment it came on screen, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the guy from the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Which, uh-huh. for the record, I have not seen. But um, the, the the show is about the serial killer of women. And I found out uh-huh. through some internet sleuthing that he got his role in Fifty Shades of Grey based on his portrayal of the serial killer. <laughs> Which I'm like, isn't there, a, isn't there something innately wrong with that? Um, so I just... The whole thing, like I said, I don't want to be—I don't want to judge people based on what they read. And I'm a bookseller, and I want to sell what sells. Uh But it is not my favorite thing, and it's not my favorite thing to have to carry.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's maybe a little uncomfortable, a little compromising. So I was first introduced to the book by my teaching mentor when the first year I started teaching, I had. She was then 65. She's now probably 75, almost 80. Uh-huh. And um, she told me, you have to read this Fifty Shades of Grey book. And this was before it was all hyped up. Okay. And she said, I've always, <laughs> Jane is hilarious. <laughs> she, so she, I told, she's a 75-year-old um, Jewish woman um, and love her. <laughs> and she's got this voice, you must read this book, Katie. <laughs> it has changed my sex life. <laughs> anybody needs to read this book because it will change their sex life. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, and this was before I knew it. was like S&M. And yes. And I think even the S&M community is actually ashamed of it because there's not mutual consent of of and m yes. um, So weird. But, and then later, as I was started selling the book, a similar situation had these... Um, Christian women, who I really respect and like, and pastors is also coming and saying um, that it was great for them, that it helped them to be able to talk about something right. that they hadn't been able to talk about before.
0: Which I guess is good.
1: And so, And so maybe because it's such an extreme version yeah. of sexual activity that you know, it pushes people a little beyond their norms and yeah. maybe their norms were too conservative and not fun enough. Yeah, <laughs> well, not. and I did
0: have somebody Sorry. jokingly, uh, you know, I was talking to a customer about us having, um, they were asking if we were going to be carrying it. And I said, well, you know, of course we're, you're, we're going to. And But I did tell them, I was like, I'm astonished at how popular it, and it still uh-huh. is. And they said, well, it's because people are repressed. Yeah. And, the, and so I thought, well, maybe there is some, truth to that, that this way people can maybe talk about things that might normally make them uncomfortable, but I don't know, I'll have to tell you too, a funny story, Rebecca, our manager, was helping a customer, and um, frequently when customers come in, and they ask um, for recommendations, we'll ask, what else do you like, what Mm -hmm. are you reading right now, and um, so she was helping this woman, and she was looking for a gift for her 80-year-old uncle, and Rebecca was like, okay, well, what does he like to read? And she was like, well, his favorite book is Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> and Rebecca was like, I couldn't help it. I just laughed because it's totally outside the normal demographic. Uh-huh. Like, like normally it's females who read it, um, but their age, ages vary. But anyway, it was just very funny that this 80-year-old man, it was his favorite book um
1: huh, but
0: funny. I don't even I haven't even to be honest I have just literally flipped the pages to stuff in a bookmark uh-huh. like when I'm selling a copy and that is literally all I have done like I can't yeah I can't handle it and part of that is because I'm a prude I <laughs> well it did I mean but I do
1: think there's something to that repression factor yeah and so it's interesting our priest likes to say that um in the Christian community often, and in Thomasville we are in the Bible Belt and in the yeah. heart of that um, very conservative Christian area. Um, so that in the, this area, people often go from sex being dirty before marriage to right. sex being duty in, within the bounds of marriage. Yes. And so that switch, there's no room for like, oh, how does this become a fun, enjoyable, healthy thing? <laughs> right. And, and we so, don't talk about it. And we definitely don't yeah. talk about it. Yeah, which is um, one of my pet peeves with Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, yeah. At at least let's talk about it. um, Yeah, so I know a lot of women who just have never enjoyed their sex lives as a married woman, and that's I think a very sad, um, sad truth. So. Anyway, so hopefully maybe this book, the good, the good <laughs> the part that's of the it is the pro of Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey. So
0: let's see the, let's see the positives. Um, so let's talk then, neither you <clears throat> nor I have read Fifty Shades, but, and you apparently don't have guilty pleasures. <laughs> um, but do, what types of books would you consider your guilty pleasures? So when I think of guilty pleasures, I think of like television, and I think, ooh, I weekly watch The Bachelorette. Like, and Bachelor.
1: What a waste of time. I know. I'm so disappointed in you. It's
0: a massive waste of time. (laughs) But you know what makes me feel better about it is that I am so busy and frequently stressed. And um, a delightful customer, Marshall, came in the store one day. And he was like, don't you ever just watch trashy TV or something just and I was thinking I do Marshall you don't have to worry about it I got this like once a week I sit in front of my TV with some snacks and I watch hate watch though the bachelor Bachelorette. like I follow the it tweets. is fun to hate watch yeah. that's a great way to say it yeah like I watch the tweets like my twitter feed is up on one screen and then the tv because oh so. my gosh that's
1: like interactive viewing oh yeah no it totally is oh hilarious I hashtag that so
0: okay. so anyway that is my guilty pleasure television show okay um do you have do you read
1: anything that you feel guilty about? okay well so and maybe it's just that I am lowbrow enough of a reader that I don't, don't feel, feel guilty. guilty. Yes. Um, <laughs> So probably a lot of books I read I should feel guilty yeah. about. And so, for instance, like, if I'm at the beach and I've already finished my very constructive read. Right. Uh, and a Janet Ivanovich book is lying around. Yeah. I enjoy a Stephanie Plum novel. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so she, I think, is really fun. And then the other ones, this and these are so funny. We talked about historical or narrative nonfiction. Yes. Um, historical fiction or narrative nonfiction a couple podcasts ago. and. Two authors that I think fall in the realm of like trashy reads, but Mm -hmm. are cloaked in this historical fiction genre. Philippa Philippa Gregory, oh yeah, such medieval trash. (laughs) And then Diana Diana Gabaldon. Oh yeah, the Uh, Outlander. Yeah, the Outlander series, an an old historical uh, Scottish um, fiction series, but total. Total Which
0: maybe just for the record, if anybody is listening and thinks Annie hates historical fiction, that could be why. Like, <laughs> because I am not attracted to those types of books at all. Um, but I
1: understand historical fiction is more than just Philippa Gregory. So, but um, it gives us a good excuse to explore um, <laughs> the, those off limits realms within the within the realm of historian. Yes. Yeah, so, so maybe that's why it makes it okay.
0: Which, okay, so Philippa Gregory um, reminds me. So one of mine that made my list is this book that is making the rounds right now. It's super popular. I hate the cover. And I think I'm frequently ashamed of book covers, which yeah. is probably why ebooks are so popular. Yeah. Um, but it's called The Royal We. Oh. And I think it's written by two bloggers, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm always a little bit like, Meh, But... <laughs> I've had several customers come in and kind of recommend it as a fun beach read, and it's about Kate and William, but it's like a fictional <laughs> retelling, and I do love Kate and William. like. I even watched the Lifetime movie, Another Guilty Pleasure. It was terrible. It was terrible. Um, it was terrible. But I really
1: think their story is fascinating. It is a fascinating story. I and mean, how can that not be?
0: Right. And I like it because, like, my mom was obsessed with Charles and Diana. So I like that, like, oh. this is my version. Uh-huh. Um, like, I stayed up till 3 a.m. watching their wedding. Or, like, I got up at 4 a.m. to watch their wedding, whatever it is. Live. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, live. Um, so I really want to read this book. But I... I haven't even started it yet. And I already feel guilty based on the cover and the subject matter. Like I already, I'm like, Oh, this is fluff. Uh-huh. And maybe it's fluff that I feel guilty about. Yeah. Um, because here I have to frequently tell people, like people really do come in and ask, what are you reading right now? Uh-huh. What's the last thing you read? And I remember one customer who has, I think pretty impeccable taste generally. Um, and I was pretty new to the store and I had just kind of gotten to know her. Uh, she's a little intimidating sometimes. And she came in and she asked, I just want to know what you've just finished. What are you reading? (laughs) And I, thankfully, I guess, am innately honest. Like, I'm not going to lie about Uh what I just finished reading. So I had just finished um, the Emily Giffen, her new Uh book. And I actually like Emily Giffen. Um, And her new book, I think it's called The One and Only. I actually thought was her best written book. Okay. Um, Which, take that, you know, however you want. But I thought it was her best written book. And I had really enjoyed it. So I told her about it. She was like, great, I'm going to get it. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Like, no, I didn't mean for you to buy it. Like you just asked Uh what you didn't ask me what I was recommending for you. You asked what I just finished reading, which I think are two very different questions and um, anyway, she bought it, and I never heard another word about it. And oh. she's pretty com- – like, she'll come back and tell and, me what she thinks normally. Right. So I know she must have thought, who is this new
1: bookseller who reads – Emily Giffen. Yeah. Well, and see, that's an example. I wouldn't know to be ashamed about Emily Giffen. I think that's considered <laughs> one of my better reads. So. Right.
0: I, well, I do really like her, and I. but I guess she's considered that, you know – Chicklet, Chick- yeah. which Chicklet, I think, is probably, if I've got to call something a guilty pleasure, I think that's what mine is, because I uh-huh. have enjoyed the Sophie Kinsella, uh, I think she's she wrote Stop the Shopaholic the. Oh, yeah. series. I I liked a couple of those, uh-huh. and it's one of the, like, I bought the mass market paperback, read uh-huh. it on vacation. Like, I enjoyed it. It was, uh-huh. it was fun. It was fun. It flew right through it. Um, and she's got, interestingly, a new young adult novel out that I'm really curious about. It's got a beautiful Audrey Hepburn-inspired cover called I think it's called
1: Finding Audrey, so anyway, I might... That might be my next skill too. And here's read. maybe how I have to think of it because I think those books probably make you a more fun person and more interesting yeah. to talk about. So there's probably something constructive, and maybe right. I need to read them just because I'm not a very fun person, and so yeah. it would make. You I know, love that we're concerned about. Here's how we can be fun.
0: Yeah. we can read these lighthearted <laughs> books, and maybe we will be more likable.
1: I'm just trying to justify wasting that. Oh, not wasting. <laughs> using that time.
0: Yeah that I, I could like be
1: reading something more constructive that's part of the reason I watch The Bachelor because I'm like this makes
0: me relatable absolutely I'm not a snob <laughs> yeah, absolutely I'm not an intellectual snob <laughs>
1: I watch The Bachelor I'm fine like, <laughs> so is parenthood is that considered a trap no that is quality television okay that's what I was thinking that's again quality. I don't know the difference between lowbrow and highbrow
0: sometimes <laughs> did so. I tell you our new bookseller speaking of all of these genres our new bookseller when I was interviewing him I asked him his hobbies and he said well I enjoy prestige television and I was Like, please define prestige television. But apparently, it's like Mad Men, Game of Thrones, like, which (laughs) neither of which I watch. I started, I don't. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. But I started Mad Men and couldn't. I couldn't do it. I was like, Why would any? These are not enjoyable people. Yeah. Anyway, it, it
1: took me a little while, and I I still haven't gone back to it on a regular basis. Okay. But so I couldn't get into it, episodes. but I thought that was
0: funny. Prestige television, and then he was like, But I also enjoy The Office and Parks and Rec, and I was like, Oh, that's <laughs> pretty much my <laughs> bread and butter. Like that's me <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> so it was funny to realize, Oh, they're different.
1: Uh-huh. yeah parenthood
0: is quality it might not be
1: prestige I was but it's say, quality can it, can it get that label <laughs> I don't okay. Know.
0: um okay so we would love to know your guilty pleasure reads so um please find us online um at the end of the show I'll give you our Facebook Instagram Twitter all that jazz but we'd love to know what you consider your guilty pleasure reads and if you have read 50 shades we'd love to know why <laughs> 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 what's your reasoning enlighten us so um, all right, Katie, on another note, what are you reading right now?
1: Okay, and again, I'm so boring because <laughs> everything I'm reading is like going towards something else and, and kind of informing another area of my life. So as I'm getting back into the teaching field, um, I'm reading several books in in that realm. I okay. uh, just finished one called Leading the Dream by Debo Powers. She okay. started a school in Tallahassee. Oh, And so good. I was kind of interested in the... Educational history in Tallahassee and the schooling history in Tallahassee. What school did she start? Um, school of Arts and Sciences. It's oh, yeah. a charter school there. Okay. Um and so that was really interesting and very very local read. Okay. Um and then another conscious discipline, um, just about approaches to discipline. And you just ordered one for me called The Basic School that oh, is yeah. on my nightstand. Okay. Um also just finished um, Fairly recently, when you recommended the story of a happy marriage by oh, Anne did you Hatchett, like it? yes, but it was not the story of a happy marriage. So no, <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> that title is that, that misleading. was a misnomer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that title is
0: misleading. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's put up and downable because I have not finished it. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I know. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think one of the essays that kind of stuck with me the most was about. Um, her time spent in the police academy, and okay. um, her dad was a cop, yeah. and with the L.A. Police Department, just and so yeah, yeah, so that was really interesting. And just God, what a great job our police force does for us, and yeah. a good reminder, especially with all of these police Ooh. brutality bad yes. news. Um, yes, what a hard job yes. police officers have, and yeah. um, so that was that's timely. Yeah, that was a good essay, even though it was written maybe 12, 15 years ago. But okay. What about you? Um, so I was joking the other day that
0: I've got, literally, this is not an exaggeration. I have six books on my nightstand right now and four books in my office. <laughs> like, <laughs> of books that either I want to read or, they're like, they're next in my queue. Yeah. Um, so I finished this week The Rocks, which is by Peter Nichols, Pete Nichols. Um, it's a new fiction book. I will admit that I was just drawn to the cover. It's got this beautiful beach landscape kind of thing. And I thought, oh, this would be fun for summertime um but it's actually pretty literary and hmm. um spans the decades which i didn't know going into it and i really wound up enjoying it it's it's not slow like boring it's just you'll want to take your time through it okay. um because so it starts in 2005 with this older couple and you know that they are ex-husband and ex-wife like they used to be married and um they wind up in the first this is not a spoiler like in the first two pages they die like together and you as the reader are like what just happened what have i gotten myself into but they're clearly um angry with one another okay and then the story begins going back i don't even know that it's by decades but it's by five to ten year increments and Uh each section goes back further um and you're the whole time trying to figure out what happened to this married couple. But it also talks about the children that they had, not necessarily together, I think, but with other marriages. And so it ties into their children's love stories. Oh wow. It's really an intricately done book. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. But it was very different. Like I went into it, I had just finished Emma Straub's The Vacationers, which I love. <laughs> really fantastic. I feel like that's a it's a step above chicklet but it's uh-huh. fat like page turning really great beach book so I had just finished The Vacationers which took place in Majorca and then I picked up The Rocks and it takes place in Majorca so it oh, was weird. really fun to read them back to back um and so anyway the, the Rocks was really um fun and it, interesting maybe fun isn't even the right word um interesting detailed book um and then I picked up Uh, every month I try to read a young adult book. Mm -hmm. So this month I picked up Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Uh Um, I had seen the movie preview and I do try to abide by my rule of read the book first if you can. So I thought, I'll probably go see that movie, so let me read the book. And I thought it was going to be like John Green, The Fault in Our Stars, which I've already done and enjoyed, but didn't really need to read another book about teenagers with cancer. Like, I don't know. Um, But I, I liked it. It was purposely written badly like the the author is supposed to be so the narrator i guess is supposed to be a teenage boy looking back on his senior year and he's a filmmaker not a writer so he writes from the beginning this is not going to be a well-written book (laughs) and it's really not a well-written book but i think that's purposeful so i think that's interesting um anyway quirky odd um I, I guess I enjoyed it. It was one of those that once I was in the middle of it, I guess I had a choice whether I could just put it down because I had read enough to talk about it in the store uh, or I could press on and I wound up pressing on and I finished it last night. And so next in my queue... Um, Because I was just talking with a customer, and I think there is a fun way to, like, figure out what you're going to read next. Like, there's a rhythm to Uh reading, I think. So, anyway, so I just finished this young adult, and I think I'm going to read Station Eleven next, which I have not read. And so many people, I've heard about it on NPR, podcasts, it was up for the National Book Award, uh, several customers. So, it's just time. So, I'm going to read Station Eleven next, And you might be interested in this one. Laura Vanderkam, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She wrote What Successful People Do Before Breakfast. And I think she wrote... That's the one I read that I loved. (laughs) But she also wrote another one that's pretty popular about... Oh, like, however many hours in a week. She wrote about, like, time management. I'll have to look up the title. But um, her new one, which I hate the title, but it's called I Know How She Does It. And it's about... The most quote unquote successful women and how, what they do with their time, and like how you, like, there should be no debate on can you have it all because it's really just about choices. Yeah. Um, So I
1: thought that'd be interesting to read. They do not read Fifty Shades of Grey, do they? I
0: doubt it. (laughs) I don't know, but then I so i'm I love Laura Vanderkam, so I really want to read this book, but also the front cover flap, I did have to laugh because she interviews I guess women who are making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, and I was thinking. Well, of course they can do it all. They have help. Like, yeah. <laughs> they have probably hired nannies, uh-huh. or they can afford a personal
1: trainer. Like, right. it'll be interesting to see yeah. uh, how relatable. And that thats it is. how they define success—is interesting. Yes. Yeah. So
0: um, I have read <clears throat> one of her other books, the "What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast," and I really liked it. Actually, Jordan and I both enjoyed it. Mm. Um, we kind of read it out loud. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what this one. So those are my next two, I think. Okay. And the Royal Week take the royal we home
1: well I've definitely (laughs) been down station 11 okay yeah and and the Lauren Vanderkamper yeah okay yeah um and yeah she sounds really interesting I know I'd like to read it for a book club because I was gonna say one of my guilty pleasures and I forgot until you said that is those kind of seven habits of highly successful people those I am not guilty about I oh, own those. I am so embarrassed oh, about that. And like what? good so to helpful. great. It is helpful, but it's like, gosh, if I see somebody reading that on an airplane, I'm like, what a wannabe. Just, <laughs> just go be successful. I just go be successful. Just read a book.
0: I love that kind of we've talked about it before. We maybe should devote a whole podcast to it, but I don't like to call it self help. What if we? Call, I think we. It's from it's from When Harry Masselli. Um, somebody's looking at you from personal growth. Like, <laughs> that's what I think of.
1: Um, personal growth, and yeah. I'm all about personal growth and making myself better. I see no shame in that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and I think we now have a couple episodes of podcast planned out because I'd also like to do a podcast yes. on the rhythm of reading. Yes. Oh, we should. Um, okay, good. Because I'm starting to run dry. <laughs> We're on episode 28. And I'm like, what are we talking about? I don't know how people do this. Every
0: week. Um, okay, well Katie, that is all the time we have thank you so much. Um thanks, thanks listeners. If you want to share with us what you are reading right now or your guilty pleasure books, we are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bookshelf Thomasville. Perhaps the easiest ways to get in touch with us are on Twitter and Instagram under Bookshelf bill And you can find show notes and this episode on iTunes or on our store website www.bookshelfthomasville.com. See you next time.